<laughs> Athleter podcast started about 30 seconds ago, whether you realize it or not, but we've got Keegan O'Toole and he's telling us about playing golf and saying hello to his doctor. So Keegan, hi, thank you for coming on. Number one. Thanks for but having me. Number two, tell <laughs> people where you are and what you were just doing. Um, so I was at a club that um, I just joined. Um, it's like a couple miles from my house. It's super close. It's awesome. I play a lot of golf, so I felt like it was necessary for me to become a member. And they have a really good student membership deal. And uh, our team doctor actually lives on hole six. So every time that I go play, I'll text him and be like, hey, are you at home? And he'll come out or I'll go in and say hi. And we have a team Bible study there every week. So I'm there all the time. Yeah, and just come in, have a cup of coffee, and scoot on to hole number seven. Is that is that the way it is? Pretty much. He'll bring a maybe bring a fresh out for us. Uh, it's awesome. Vegan, <laughs> you're the best, dude. <laughs> like you, you make me like so. All right, in a world full of pretty bad dudes, you're kind of recognizes one of the biggest sweethearts in the world <laughs> uh, tell like just just tell me about your upbringing and, and tell me about how you came to the sport of wrestling uh, upbringing was pretty i feel like relatively normal i was just a really wild energetic kid i like to do a lot of things um my dad had golfed when he was in high school and he wrestled when he was a little bit younger and uh he felt necessary for me to get my energy out somehow. And, you know, I was a pretty physical kid, just always getting in trouble at school, just roughhousing, not like hurting kids, just like, you know, that's how I played. Um, so he put me in and then from six till, you know, I'm 22 now, it's been pretty important to me. Yeah. It seems, uh, well, yeah, but you also had some great coaches along the way, right? Had a lot of, a lot of very lucky with where I grew up at. Well, tell me about how, how you kind of like, so listen, there's a difference between playing, you know, little league baseball and winning world titles, right? Mm -hmm. Like there, there's a difference, man. So tell me how, like, if you were to try your best to have an eight, nine year old fall in love with the sport, how would you do it? How would, how did it work for you? So I think I did it a pretty bad way, if I'm being honest. Um, but there wasn't much information and, you know, just kind of going off how, you know, wrestling tournaments went and based on results, which is what I was kind of focused on and how it was a little bit uh, in my upbringing was, you know, results rather than, you know, getting better. Uh, so for me, if I had a, my son or maybe I was a youth coach, um, I really would just focus on find find something that they like. So for me, like when I was a little kid, I really loved to do tumbling. And so like before practice, I always look forward to the warm up because, you know, Coach Messenbrink and Coach Ben would always, you know, I was 12 years old. They'd always let us do like cartwheels, forward rolls, you know, backflips and something that I always look forward to going to practice and then, you know, be able to sneak in some wrestling learning at a young age and just eventually get them to keep coming back. And then hopefully it's like, Oh, this thing's pretty, this thing's pretty fun. Let's, uh, let's try to be really good at this. And hopefully then their passion will take charge of, um, their life, which is kind of how it worked for me when I got to that age. Like, I, I think I'm pretty good and I think I can, you know, make a living out of this. And so yeah. I just kept showing up and 
kept trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, you said, and, and like the, I'm sure we're skipping around quite a bit, but you mentioned focusing on results, and it seemed like you aired that out in negative light. Is that something that you felt inside yourself? You were you were focused too much on results, or is it something that somebody brought to your attention? Um, I think definitely a little bit of both. I think how you're raised has a huge effect on the way you think. And from a young age, it was like, man, if you lose a match, you did something wrong. And I mean, obviously just from a standpoint of like winning and losing, obviously you probably did do something wrong, but <laughs> there's the it's, truth in that. Yeah. it's not, it's not, it's more important about your journey and uh, the lessons you learn and how to improve. Because if I look at how my mentality is now and how I think about wrestling now, very little of it is based on, the next goal or the next uh, uh, event, um, next match. It's really just, so today is, you know, September 8th on a Friday, and I'm going to try to improve whichever way I can. And so this morning we got up early, we had lift, and then we had to do some really crappy but fun bike burpee workout for cardio and oh run me through that please that that um, sounds interesting it was uh it wasn't terrible it was uh it was pretty quick workout but it's good little explosive uh it was 20 seconds on the rogue echo bike as fast as you can 20 seconds uh rest 20 seconds of burpees as fast as you can we did that for 10 rounds um so really it's only like what 40 seconds times 10 rounds, however, however much work that is. Uh, but you know, it was a fun one. And, uh, now going forward, you know, I got my golf in, got to work on my swing a little bit. Um, now going into practice at three 30 here, uh, I'm sure we're going to do our three groups like we usually do. And then I'm going to try to work on whatever technique we're working on. I got a couple areas that I want to really focus on. And then after practice, I have my little routine. I do three offensive Three offensive moves and three off defensive moves every day after I do a wrestling workout just to, you know, work on something that I need to end on a good note. Just like Coach Smith always says, if you have a bad practice or you think you didn't get much better, you know, have a little routine after to end on a really good note. And I've been trying to take that to heart. And, you know, there's sometimes like that was funny the other day on a Sunday I got and I just warmed up. Basically, I did a couple drills working on my footwork, my head position, and then I just hit the cold tub and stretched. That was all I did on a Sunday. Um, just cause I was pretty, pretty beat up from like second week of preseason. Um, and I forgot to do those like six reps. And so I was like, ah, crap. So then on Monday when I, after practice, I was like, all right, I got to do, you know, six of each now cause I missed yesterday. So just trying to take on my daily agenda every single day and focus on what I'm doing right now, rather than, you know, my next tournament, which is October 23rd or something like that, which is in Albania for the U23 worlds. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I'm really trying to think right now. It's just day to day. Well, okay. That's awesome. But I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. And, and the reason I bring it up is, is honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, it's completely selfish. Um, a couple of the athletes that I'm working with right now, you know, we've been talking about going into practice. Yes. Whatever coach Myers is teaching we are 100% bought in to committing to getting better at that particular skill or that particular technique or that particular position. However, there has to be in the back of your mind, 
something that you specifically, you individually need to get better at. Like, so, Mm -hmm. so, so how do you approach, okay, coach Smith is teaching this, but I know I need to somehow work in, give it a name, uh, crackback defense. I don't know, whatever, whatever the, the position is, how do you go about focusing on yourself while still um, being locked into practice? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And so I think I have, I have so many areas that I feel like I need to work on. So regardless what we're, what we're doing. So say today we usually do our three groups. Um, first group is, you know, hand fighting, moving, moving your feet to a shot. So for me, I know right now I need to work on my shoulder movement when I'm doing a snap or being patient with my hands. So right there, those things correlate really well to where I can actually have the freedom to do that. And that's a beautiful thing about, you know, where I am at Mizzou is that we have so much freedom and Coach Smith literally gives us so much area. He's like, all right, I want you to focus on this area, but if there's something that you need to do, work on that. Or say we're doing top and bottom. I feel like I need to work on my forward pressure and we're the bottom guy's drilling. Well, I'm, I'm going to be, hey, I'm going to give you a little bit better feel because I want to be able to work my pressure too. And in return, if I'm doing better forward pressure, he's going to have to respond better with a better quad pod and mm-hmm. moving his body properly. Um, so I think just finding those little those little niches to where you're able to get in a little bit of reps uh, while maybe helping your partner. And in return, if you're being a good partner and you're thinking at a high level, both of you guys are going to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, every day after practice, I feel like for me lately, it's like I've been struggling to get to my lefty outside swim. And so, especially on guys with a pretty hard stagger on a right, right leg stagger. So mm-hmm. at the end of practice, it's like, I got three reps, all three reps are dedicated to how do I get that leg to come forward or how do I move my body closer to that leg so I can time up a shot. So that's kind of how I look at it when I think I got to work on something. That lefty you, swim is beautiful, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. How do you, or I guess, how much of your development is driven by your coaches versus yourself of, I need to get better in a specific position or at a specific skill? Um, I think a lot of it is all intertwined. You know, I'll go with what I think and then I'll immediately. So the thing that's awesome is that I have such great people around me and that, and they're so open to ideas and they're so helpful. Is like, if I have an idea at 10 PM or what I think, you know, Hey, Dom, meet me at the Hearns at 8:15 tomorrow morning. Uh, I got to run this by you and we'll do a full on like, like not nothing, nothing crazy. Just like a 30 to 40 minute drill working on this area. And he's like, yeah, I like this, you know, maybe try to add this. And so it's like, I feel like m- your communication with your coaches on what you're doing and what you're thinking is very important because what I've come to realize, and I've, I've thought this way before is like, I, you can't figure it out in your own, in my opinion, like you, you can figure some things out, but if you really want to be at a high level and you want to succeed, like you, you got to have great people around you and you have to trust them. You have to bounce ideas off, off one another. And for me, I think the biggest, biggest strength for me right now is the, the, the ability for me to communicate with my coaches, my teammates, especially when we're working out. So like, I'd say like example, um, oh yeah, the other day we were doing, we were working quad pod and Maple's so darn good on top. And it's like, every time I quad pod, he just grabs my wrist and plants it in the ground on the same side he's on and I can't freaking get up. And so I was kind of like, this sucks. Like there's gotta be a way to defend this. And so then I was like, oh, well, maybe if I grab my own knee with my hand, it'll be like, 
my arm is attached to my knee and he can't move my wrist. And I was like, oh, that worked. And then I was like, hey, Maple Hobble, I'm like, what do you think of this? Like, try to grab my wrist and push it down on the ground. He's like, I can't. Well, I can catch He's like, well, I can pull you back though. I was like, all right, so I have to have my weight shifted this way. Next thing you know, we worked like, we had like four different things in a quad pod that, you know, in my opinion, are going to be really effective going forward. Mm, that's interesting, man. Um, you brought up Kendrick Maple. He's an absolute mm-hmm. freak of nature. He's an absolute freak of nature. I I love I I love watching him come out of retirement, crush the open. Love it. Love mm-hmm. watching him do all this stuff. But you know what I really love? I love the stories that come out of wrestling rooms about Kendrick Maple. Give me a over the top. Oh my goodness, Kendrick Maple is a freak among freaks type of story. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Uh, so I would say the best one of the there's two good stories I can think of. So I'm the, all ears. I love these. My my, fr- my freshman year, I was weighing. You know, I wasn't that big. I was probably 163, 164 pounds. And like we did like our first one of our first match days, or maybe it was just like a match length live go. And Maple's like, all right, I'm grabbing you. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I feel like I'm relatively like I battle hard. And I feel like Ben Ben has brought me up to be pretty tough. Like, you know, in certain situations, you just got to get tough. Well, I think I had two points scored and it was both from him cutting me. I think he scored about 27. And I think I ha- got pinned four times in a honey badger or like a cow catcher. And one of those, like, you know how in the Missouri wrestling room, it was like, the, uh, we have our room and then we have our little bleachers on the side. Well, there was one where we were on the edge and I tried to like go Sadu Leyev. Um, he had a seatbelt. I tried to kick my body over and I tried to jump over the back. And well, he stood up right as I threw my body over, grabbed over the head, flipped me over and my feet smashed into the bleachers. And I was like, there was like four guys watching me and they were like, damn. And I'm like, just laying around. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like I was, the moral what do you so that's, that's, that's story number one and then story number two was it was a group of three a me maple and brock mahler um and this was maybe like i don't know this is maybe like a year and a half ago um and we're going and i shoot i shoot my lefty outside step and i get to a crackdown I'm like oh but one time i finally get to this dude's leg like and so then as i'm going to shelf it i hear his knee pop and I was like, oh, crap. Like, are you good? Like, sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do that. He's like, why didn't you finish a shot? <laughs> and I was like, I was like all right, dude. Okay. <laughs> and so, and the thing that, that sucked was going forward, we have, that was like pretty early in the goes. The rest of the time, he would let, like, if he got tired, like, he, like Brock would, you know, score on him or whatever. He was like, I, he's like, Keegan, I made it my mission to not let you score. And this dude's got like a pop MCL. Could not score on this dude when he could barely walk. I was going so hard on him, and he like for six straight goes, just took me down, took me down, and I'm getting so mad because like over here he's not letting Brock take him down, but like if like he's definitely saving his energy for me and just whooping my ass with like one leg, and I'm just getting so frustrated. And then next I found another story. So my teammate, one of my best friends, Sean Harmon, uh, he was struggling on bottom, and there was one practice where afterwards we cooled down, and he and he goes, "All right, Maple." I need to get out one time. Do not take it easy on me. And I swear, 
they went for 20 minutes and I, I saw my buddy, Sean, I don't see him cry much, but I saw tears shed because he was getting so frustrated on bottom. And it was probably a 20 minute go. And he eventually got out and like, I could see this dude just broken, just demoralized. Yo. So, but like, do you understand? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I know from my experience, we're ha- we have a really good freshman class of of high school freshmen coming into a room that is a really successful room, right? We have six, na- six, seven nationally ranked kids in our varsity lineup. What, what, and they come to these freshmen come to me and they're like so distraught. They're so upset. Like they're like, I get it. Nothing like this happened in middle school. I get that. But they're like, I'm trying to explain to them. I'm trying to impart on them. Like, Hey, this is, this is part of the process. Like you're supposed to like get stuffed on bottom for 45 minutes straight. I know it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're literally crying on my shoulder right now, <laughs> but this is the process. So I guess my question to you is like when, because something tells me you're going to be in the sport for a long freaking time for better or for worse. Uh, something tells me I would love for you to be on the seventh hole. Okay. But I think you're going to be involved with this stupid sport for forever. So <laughs> that said, how do you, how are you going to explain without even calling upon your own um, maybe you will, but sometimes it, it helps to to give examples. Maybe you use the Kendrick Maple example, but how are you going to impart on young people when you're coaching that, like, look, this is all part of the process. Like, you have to you have to take your lumps, especially on bottom. Like, for, especially, dude, for me, it was a, it was a nightmare when I got to college. Yeah, uh, I think a really important aspect to look at it is. And for me, I relate this to my faith because it's pretty important to me. But your trials and your troubles, that's that's where your glory is. Like no growth, no no uh, success came from everything being comfortable. Like obviously that's cliche, like get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, there's definitely like a deeper truth to that to where I look at other great athletes. Um, like I love, I love watching like Tiger Woods stuff in terms of like, when he, when he, uh, like there was a point in his time where he changed up his swing and he was playing awful. Like he was one of the best golfers. And then he kind of, you know, fell off a little bit. He was changing the way he was swinging. He's like, all right, like, I know how tough this, how tough this is right now and how bad I'm doing. But like, if I just stick to this process, I know that over time it's impossible for me not to become great again or become the best golfer ever. And so like, I, when I think about that, it's like, I may be getting stuffed on bottom for 30 minutes straight. Well, I know if I keep getting stuffed on bottom and I keep working and I keep asking the right questions, I know that it's impossible for me not to get better. It's just literally impossible. Unless you have the mindset of, oh, I suck here. I'm going to avoid this or I'm never going to get here. It's like, no, I will be better. It just might take time. And I think definitely reinstilling that into, and I, I try to do that when I'm, you know, I'm wrestling with freshmen or something or younger guys where it's like, you know, I might whoop them up pretty good. Like I might take them down in the same takedown four times in a row. Uh, and then eventually, you know, they may be let down and I'm like, Hey man, like you need to 
have your head over your lead leg a little better. That's it. That's all you need to do. And it's, it's tough, but you got to just work on being consistent with that. And, you know, you see them go from, oh, like, man, I got my butt kicked to like, oh, okay. Like, that's all that was like, yeah, that's all you really need to do for that one specific area. Um, you know, and seeing like a guy that I, I kind of tried to be a mentor to, and he's one of my best friends is Cam Steed, who came in and he was struggling a bit homesick like I was. And it was like, you know, he took his lumps. Like there were some practices, you know, where he wrestled me where I think I maybe hit him in a honey badger like four times in a row. And he's like, man, this sucks. Like, and well, eventually I was like, Hey man, you're getting a lot better. Like you're feeling better. You're feeling stronger. Like just work on, you know, maybe keep your head up when I get a seatbelt. And next thing I know, it's like a couple months go by and I don't remember the last time that I was able to get a honey badger on a seatbelt on him. And it's like, those are small little wins that for me, it's like, I always tell Dom, every time we get a little, little workout in or a little bit better, me and him just like money in the bank. Well, that is just money in the bank. You getting your butt whipped 30 minutes, that's money in the bank. You asking one question about, oh, dang, like, how do I fix my quad pot? Or I keep getting my wrist caught. Like, how do I fix that? Oh, you just, you know, push down, get your elbow and rotate your thumb toward your face. Well, you drill that three times, that's more money in the bank. And it's just those little wins, those day-to-day things that I try to think about. And that's, for me, that's what helped me. And I know that's helped, you know, some of my teammates that I've, that I've tried to look after a little bit. I think it's really cool how you will give that feedback to say, Hey, like I just beat you up with this. Here's like how to mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah. I don't think that's very common. I don't know about you, Mike, but I feel like that was never part of my career of somebody beating me up and then explaining how to fix what they just did to me. Um, what would, how, how did you, when you were in situations of, you know, wrestling with Kendrick and just, you know, completely breaking and you feel like you're not even in the same, you know, like, stratosphere as whoever you're competing with how do you like what what tactics do you put in place to start to close that gap uh one i think i have great leadership around me uh coach smith sometimes i walk out of practice i'm like man i suck right now or something coach smith just hey what did you just say and you know he'll like try to flip that mentality he's like go drill three outside steps right now you know to switch your brain but also you know i would wrestle with him and i'd be like that was awful. And, you know, he would come up to me like, Hey, like every time that you, you know, you faked, you pulled your head back right away. And that's why I caught your foot. And then for me on the other side, it's like, I have to understand that I'm going to get better. It's like knowing that I got my butt whooped. It's like, I'm going to go ask him questions about what he was doing to whip my butt so I can do it to other people. And so I can learn how to not have it happen to me. And so like, there's those, there's two aspects when you have two great components of great coaching and, you know, an athlete who wants to get better. I think that one can kind of get better, but when you have both of them, it's like the sky's the limit. And so that's what I, you know, learning from coach Maple and Smith and Dom and Todd helped me. I try to help like the younger guys because there's only four coaches and, you know, when I'm wrestling someone who I'm significantly better than in the room and I whoop them up a little bit. It's like they might not know why they got their butt whooped because the skill discrepancy is so large. Like when, you know, when you're wrestling, like when I was wrestling David Carr this year, it's like, uh, okay, every time I got to a shot, like he's got really bendy knees and he kept doing like a, like a cross step out a lot of my shots. It was like, that was one small area where I lost, where I know I need to get better at. But like when you're getting taken down at will, when you get turned at will, when you can't hold someone down, it's like, what the hell do I need to get better at? And so it's like trying to find those major themes to explain to them. So like if I keep grabbing the wrist and going to a drag, 
it's like, hey, man, like you're resting your hands a little bit too much because all of my offense is coming from your wrist. You take away that wrist, you take away a whole plethora of options that I have. And it's like, oh, well, now I need to be a little bit more physical and movement with my hands and time up my hands with, you know, every time he reaches, pull it back or maybe a level change. Um, so I think that's. Buddy, that, that's, that yeah, no, function. that's gold. No, that that is, that is gold because it's hard you know, for lack of a better term, to, to see the forest from the trees sometimes, right? Like sometimes you're just so immersed in like, well, dude, I'm getting ridden out. I'm getting mat returned. I'm getting like, this is, this is a freaking nightmare, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you start? Right. Um, you brought up David Carr, man. There's, there's some things and please don't get me wrong. Like I love David. He's a wonderful kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something really cool about seeing two losses and then a win um, in the same season. How much of that was specific instruction and adjustment? And how much of that is just like, it's just hard to beat a high level athlete three times in one year. Like, yeah. like there's just something too, like, that's really hard to do. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely was a little bit of of specific instruction and strategy. Um, And then also that aspect you brought up, it's like, man, this dude is an NCAA champ, a world champ, and we're going to battle and he's been this good for this long. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it was fun. It was like, I love wrestling him. Like if I had to pick a couple of the favorite matches that I've had, like one of them might be, uh, one of them might be the big 12 final where I got pinned in overtime. Like that was a great, that was a, such a fun match to wrestle. Uh, and obviously it didn't end the way I wanted to, but like the amount of growth that I was able to have because of those two losses um, in specific instruction, it was like, all right, you know, immediately after I'm like, all right, thinking technically, like I was trying to take out the emotion right after, because you know, when your emotion, you're like, Oh man, this sucks. The ref didn't call this. Like, man, I just need to get tough. I need to get better. But it's like, all right, right away. I'm like technical. Okay. So really flexible, hard to finish on his lead leg. Like you have to be a lot more patient there. Um, he's really sticky once he gets in on a leg. So your head sticky position on your- is a great way to put it. Sticky. Yeah. Oh, he's just clingy. He's yeah. He, he got a real good grip. And so it was like, all right, well, your head position needs to be a little bit better and your single leg need- defense needs to adjust from you looking for a cradle well you're kind of compromising yourself when you go cradle because you're so used to doing it too hey let's be a little bit more basic to start and then if he over commits to it then you can go back to the cradle and so like specifically there were some adjustments um and then uh from a mental standpoint it was like uh, when i wrestle and it's similar to when i wrestled jason Nolf, it was like all right i know this guy's high level and if you put yourself in too many positions, you're going to capitalize on. That was my logic going into those matches, those first couple ones. And I was like, well, that's not how I think normally when I wrestle. So why am I changing it? And like, there was a bit of inconsistent with my mindset. And so I was like, no, I go out to shoot and I go out and my goal in every match is to try to pin someone. Like, why am I not doing that? Even if I'm wrestling, you know, NCAA champ or a two-time NCAA champ, like, why is that changing? So going from the first match at the duel where I got my butt whipped, to the NCAA finals, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to go across that mat. I'm going to move my hands. I'm going to try to shoot a lot, and I'm going to try to get his legs and take him down. And then if I think if you watch that first match versus that last match, it was like, oh, my gosh, world of a difference. I shot like three times as much in that thir- in that NCAA finals match. I was getting to legs. We were getting into scrambles. You know, 
I was trying to ride him and I put, I put a tough ride on him and it was just a lot more, there was so much more action. And for me, that always helps me. Like when we're moving around and we're rolling around on the mat, that's in my opinion, going to favor me rather than, you know, that first match where we were sitting in ties. Uh, he was, I was having to defend his, his shots a lot. Um, that's where he's going to win. He's, he's good when he's in on a single leg, like that's just, he's really good there. Um, and so that was how I kind of navigated. He was way you know, better on top than I expected too. Like what? Like I don't. I, I don't know if that surprised you. But yeah, that 100%. surprised the heck out of me. I'm like, yo, this dude, he's for real on top. Like that's like dog on a bone, get you back down, put you to your back type of stuff. I not. I'm not saying that I didn't think that that was in him. I'm just saying, like for me, tactically against a high level, high, high, high level wrestler. Sometimes that 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 dog on a bone, especially when you get takedowns, that dog on a bone mat return at all costs goes away. Like that just kind of goes by the wayside. Yeah, and that that's a great point you bring up too. Because I was like, man, I literally have not been ridden at all in college. Like even when I wrestled Jake Wenzel my freshman year, who was like supposed to be like the best top leg rider, I I reversed him in like twenty seconds. Mm -hmm. And so I've been so used to people like not giving me escapes, but like when I get to my feet, you know, they over, they over, uh, correct to one side and I'm able to hit a Peterson or a switch, mm -hmm. you know? And so being how good he is and how smart he was and how good his coaches are, it was like, all right, when I ride you, I'm staying strictly behind you. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it was a stall ride because, you know, he didn't bring me down to the map, but it was just a little bit different. Cause I was like, man, this dude, like ain't giving me anything. And I'm being a little bit lazy, you know, thinking that he's going to push me away. And yeah. you know, that threw me off. And then I talked to Ben. And there was one time Ben was like, look, like you just weren't ready. Like it's not that you're bad on bottom. No. Like you, you right. just weren't ready. That's, so that's exactly a, a, a little bit of it too. Like yeah. he took everybody by surprise in that match. Yeah. And Ben kind of gave me a story. He's like, yeah, I wrestled Chris Pendleton seven times. And you know, one of the times he beat me on a riding time point. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was just, wasn't ready for him to ride me like that. And he's like, then another match, he took me down four times in the first period and sprinted. And then by that time, it's like, oh, crap, like I got I got to get so many takedowns. And so then going forward, I was like, all right, well, he exposed a weakness for me. I was like, I can't be so reliant on, you know, people pushing me away because I have good balance and I have a good Peterson. And so going from the duel to the big 12s, it was like, no, you need to conventionally, you know, get to your seal, get to your quad potty, you need to move your hips out. And if you watch that match, I think it was away like 15 seconds twice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like, now I know for going forward, that's just overall going to help me because if I get out a little bit quicker, you know, that's five more seconds of riding time that I can get. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was one thing. Cause I mean, yeah, he was sticky on top. He's got good grip and, you know, he was smart. He's obviously super high level. So he knew every time that he came out to the side, he was like, oh crap, I got to get back behind him. Otherwise he's going to go for it. And so that was, that definitely threw me off, but it was good for me. I've been ridden out in a two two minutes in a match since maybe my freshman year of high school or something like that. Sure. So it was definitely awesome. It was good for me to have that. Slightly yeah. humiliating, but, <laughs> but well, that's what we're here for, Keegan Bring up all the sore spots, you know. <laughs> I love the sore spots are the good spots. You uh you mentioned that that second match is you know kind of one of your favorite matches, you know, that you've wrestled when i assume that wasn't your feeling walking off the mat um when when did that shift kind of happen in your mind and and like 
how how do you even arrive at that mindset um well one it went way better than the first one like it was over time <laughs> not seven to two uh two i think i did a much better job of being consistent with shooting and really working hard to take him down and i mean if i watched the match i think right away i went to post high crotch and i got lazy on the finish on the edge and i thought i should add two i had an ankle but technically i didn't put him on his butt so there was like you know a little bit there but um i thought i moved well i, I kept him off my legs a decent amount and then you know that overtime scramble where he he got to his uh his fake run corner which is still one of the freaking fastest things i've ever felt like that's a unique you know shot i haven't really felt much and he's got on me in almost every match we've wrestled i just was able to scramble out um but like man that scramble in overtime where i he had my leg up for like over a minute and like man i was fighting and on eventually i got put in a cradle but it was like in overtime i'm like why am i bailing on a cradle because if he gets if i bail i'm giving up a takedown and i lose so i might as well go to the death and try to some crazy stuff to roll out of it um so and then i walked off and i was like man that sucks i just got pinned in overtime but like hey like i know i can get to his legs i know i can ride him i know i can get out of bottom my progress from february 15th to march 5th or whatever it was like is tremendous just based on score based on mindset based on you know physically the feeling of wrestling him it got me excited because i was like there's no way that going into this next match that I'm going to lose because, you know, the team behind me is like smiling when I'm walking off the mat. It's like, dude, like this is so awesome. Like you're going to, you're going to get it. Not only that, but also you need to get knocked down on your ass. And like, they're, they're very open to me about that. Like, and I love that about them. And it's like, Hey man, this is great for you. Like, I know you hate losing and it sucks that you lost, but we just want a big 12 title. So you need to let it go and you need to go so celebrate with your team right now. And I was like, you're right. Like, I got to let it go. We're moving on. We won a big 12 title for like the 13th conference straight conference title. And I, you know, gave coach with a big hug threw water on him. And he was kind of upset because, you know, we didn't have a really good finals. I think we went for like one for four in the finals. Rocky was the only one that got the job done, but it was just a good, I walked off, walked out of that tournament and I let it go a lot faster than I let go of that first one. So I knew my mindset was in the right place. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Um, that cradle, you know, you're probably not a U20 world champ without it. Mm -hmm. But does it get you in trouble more? Because you, you mentioned it, it, it kind of got you in trouble in that against Carr. Does mm -hmm. it get you in trouble a lot? Um, so I think personally, like, and I hate to say this because it's going to sound bad, but a lot of times I feel like I'm so, I'm so much better than the people that I wrestled that I can get away with being a little bit sloppy with it. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and, you know, when I get to someone that high level, when I do this much of, you know, this much, uh, little sloppiness, it's like, he's going to capitalize on it as someone good should. And so that was one time where, you know, like I think about that first match where he's in on that single in the first period and I'm going for it so hard. Like I'm, just trying to drive and he's doing a good job of keeping his arm straight getting his his uh chest up high which is a great great finish that's how rocky finishes his single leg it's one of the best in the world it's how i've been working to finish my single leg and so you know being able to adjust and be like all right well block hips slide back extend him first 
And then if he over commits to go back to that thing, like that's when you can repunch to it. And it's like blending those two together instead of just like, all right, I'm going to overpower this dude and just crunch him up. So I think in that one match, that one instance, I can think it hurt me. Um, putting myself in a cradle definitely has hurt me a lot, which I tend to do sometimes. And I don't know why, <laughs> like I did at the world championships that one time. Uh, but Hey, I, I roll around sometimes. Sometimes it don't end up that well, but I like to have fun of it. Yeah, something tells me that you wind up on top more times than not. <laughs> yeah, but that one time, you know, it's happened to me at a um, – yeah, it hurt me at a Nationals my freshman year. That's how I lost the one, so I put myself in the cradle because the sit the corner was so damn good, and I'm like, screw it. I'm turning it. I'm trying to yank my arm out and take him down. And he was so good there. He just knew it was coming and then put me right to my back. Man, you um... – between you and David, I th- I, I really – I think you guys are the future of 74K in this country. Um, and, and I'm excited to see the, the rivalry kind of grow. And how do you – how do you see a lot of your career going? Now, now I know everyone loves to say, well, I'm going to go – win one more NCAA title. I'm going to win, you know, the trials. I'm going to go out to Paris. I don't know if that's all that. Not that it's not realistic, but you look at a guy like David Taylor who had to wait in line underneath Jordan Burroughs and uh, to a lesser degree, um, Jaden Cox. Um, Is that, is that part of the plan right now? Or, Or do you see yourself doing two cycles? Do you see yourself, do you see yourself, you know, really sticking it out for an eight-year cycle? Or is this like, hey, if I don't make the team, I'm moving on? Um, I think it all it, – it, it depends on, you know, where my heart is at. I think it where I'm – you know, feel like my, my calling is uh, – like I said, I try not to think about that too much day-to-day, but I know for 100% I will still be trying to compete and make the Olympics in 2028. Like that's that's a no-brainer because I got two more years of eligibility in college. You got um, two more years of eligibility. Oh, right, the COVID year. Yeah, got it, got yep. it, got it. Sorry. So, I will finish out my undergrad this this spring, and then I will enter my master's, and I'll probably do that for two years just because mm-hmm. there'd be a lot to try to fit it in one year. Um, so I'm gonna stay in Columbia, and I'm gonna train. I I got such an amazing team, and I love them. And I'm going to definitely compete until 2028. And then, you know, if I feel like, you know, my calling is still to compete and wrestle, I'll do it. But I do have a lot of other things in my life that I really like doing. Uh, Wrestling isn't my identity. Uh, And so it's a big part of what I love to do. It's what I want to do right now. But, you know, down the road, I definitely could see myself. uh, Man, I don't even know. I love I love what I do for school. I love, shockingly enough, I did a uh, volunteer tax internship, basically. And I loved doing that. And I could totally see myself loving to work for like a big, like, you know, hunting company where I, you know, take care of their finances and do guided hunts or something like that. Like, I don't know, like just something, just spitball. Like I got a lot of things that I like to do and I want to definitely explore those areas uh, just because it's like, I can't wrestle competitively forever. Like, that's not, that's just not an option. Hmm. You say that, definitely you say that wrestling, 
You said that wrestling hasn't always been your, or you said that wrestling isn't your identity. Has that always been the case? No, definitely not. I definitely made wrestling who I was and where I valued myself. And I feel like some of the darkest, darkest times or the biggest struggles are when I've thought that way, because it's like when you have a bad practice or when you don't accomplish your goals, you don't win this tournament, you don't win this match. It's like, man, you feel like the world's coming down on you. Hmm. And it's like, that's just so unnecessary. And, you know, this is a, the reason why I love wrestling David Carr so much. It's like, we both share similar faith. Um, and so when we both talk about it, it's like, all right, yeah, the worst thing to happen to me, if I lose a wrestling match, my life is great. There's people, <laughs> it's so it's like, yeah, it's like the sun's going to rise again the next day. Like uh, my family's still going to love me. I got some of the best friends that I could ever ask for. And like, it's I don't funny, think my, my life just isn't dependent on whether I win a wrestling match. And I think once you start to adopt that uh, philosophy, I think that once you're able to separate wrestling from, you know, your life, like this is wrestling is like this much of my life. And I think people take it as all oh, my whole life is in the spectrum of wrestling. Mm. And I just don't think that's very healthy. And yeah. I mean, you see, you see like people who have made it their identity are just like so crushed. Like they're so crushed. And I just, yeah, to a degree, it's like, am I going to be sad if I lose in the NCAA finals and I'm going to be a little bit bummed out? Yeah, I might I might shed a couple of tears here and there, but it's like, I got, that's one one moment out of my life. Like, the fact that I even got to wrestle in the NCAA finals is pretty darn cool and not Super many people cool. do that. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow on Sunday morning and we're going to go home back to Columbia and I'm going to come out to the golf course and I'm going to go play golf with my friends. like. And then I'm going to look forward to on Monday when I get back in the room and I'm just going to be like, all right, let's reevaluate where I can get better. So it's like, I, I just don't think that it's, it's healthy to make your whole life one thing. When did that shift happen for you? Um, hmm. Definitely. Definitely. It was subconsciously being driven into me when I was wrestling AWA for the first couple of years. I just didn't know it. And then really once I got to college, Maple like deliberately and directly was like telling me, hey, you are not identified by your wins and your losses. You are not ad- identified by the sport. Mm. So like in what I mean, subconsciously driven into me was like Ben and Max. It was like, we don't care about you know, if you win and you stayed as a 12 year old, like that, that doesn't matter to me. And I was like, wait, really? Like, <laughs> why not? Like, don't, don't you want me to win? And he's like, well, yeah, but I really want you to love wrestling, make good friends and get as good as you can and love the sport. That's literally our goal. And I coach Messenbrink and Ben and Max for having that mindset. Just like, like I said, it was like subconsciously, I didn't know that was being driven into me. Hmm. All right. Let's, let's fire off a couple of, uh, some quick questions here. All right. Current wrestling shoe. Mm. Current wrestling shoe. Still rocking the Nike Freak in college competition, but outside of college competition, we're in the Scrap Lives. Oh, okay. That, that's my company. All right. All right. Love those. Um, favorite wrestling shoe over the past 20 years-ish, or even uh, in history. I really liked uh, the way that maybe it was like aggressor twos or aggressor ones, one of those when I was a lot younger. 
I love the way those felt. Those were nice and snug to the feet. Those had some of the best grip ever. Okay. Is it more important? This is this is tricky here because we've got a bendy guy. Um, is it more important to be strong or flexible? Oh gosh, if I had to pick one, I would say probably strength. Mm. But obviously, but obviously, I think a blend of both. Well, I think I say that because I think about one of my teammates, uh, Brock Muller, who's like the most inflexible guy ever. Like can't even straighten his leg up at 90 degrees when he lifted up. I get awful how inflexible he is, but man, is that dude hard to wrestle because he is so darn strong. Hmm. But okay. say, overall, I think a blend of both is. Of course. No, but like if you had to, but like if, if you could one. put the priority as one. Yes. Okay. I'm probably extreme. <clears throat> okay. All right. Magic wand. You could change one thing about the sport of wrestling. What would that be? Get rid of all these dumb rule changes. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Are you are you not for the three point takedown? I just I at what point is like all right if you're gonna value neutral wrestling why don't we just make a freestyle? <laughs> it just seems like that's what we're doing. I mean, yeah. uh, logically, it's I I think if we're gonna touch on that, it's like do I care really? No, because am I gonna have to take this dude down more times than he takes me down? One hundred percent. However, if you are going to implement a style where 66.66% of the wrestling is top and bottom, and you're going to put so much emphasis on neutral wrestling, why is there even top and bottom? Like, mm -hmm. if I get four takedowns, and I cannot hold this guy down to save the life of me, I'm an incomplete wrestler in folk style. That's what that means. Yes. Therefore, he should have, it should be eight to four. Like, if I take him down at the end of each period, and ride him for 30 seconds, and it's what? I get four takedowns, and that's, what, probably like eight to two if he gets mm -hmm. away a couple times. like That means I'm a more complete wrestler. I personally think that the three-point takedown is super unnecessary. And if we're gonna, just going to keep going, going down that rabbit hole, it's like, just let's turn just it go into freestyle. freestyle. Let's just yeah, do it. The just, world does that's, it. Yeah, yeah I makes love sense. It. I personally wouldn't care if we did freestyle. I love freestyle way more than I love book stuff. But... Yeah, it it does seem like every every arrow is pointed at like, well, we're going freestyle anyway. We might as well. Okay, who is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Yikes! Um, I mean, if we're going yikes. I mean, there's so many good wrestlers that I love. Uh, I mean, obviously, based on numbers, JB John Smith, without a doubt. Um, I think you got to put, uh, and the thing is, the thing is tough too, is I'm not super familiar with all the older wrestlers. So like, I could be skewing a couple, but I, I guess if I'm just going a little bit more like modern era, I mean, I, I know John Smith isn't modern era, but he's definitely obviously got to be up there. Uh, I would, I would have to say you would probably want to put, wait, is this limited to United States or world? Mm, well, considering that Mount Rushmore is United States president. All right, okay, let's do it. All right. Um, I'd say I don't know why I feel like you gotta put Kyle Snyder on it because he's the youngest Olympic champion in history. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I mean, I just think that's so impressive. Like I can't think of myself at what 19 years old winning the Olympics. Like, oh my gosh. I think if I would have competed at an Olympic trials when I was 19, I would have literally went 0 and 2. 
and gotten teched in probably both matches. Well, I think Kyle isn't talked about enough. Like, the only losses this cat really has in world competition is to somebody who is probably going to go down as the greatest of all time. Agreed. Completely agree. Like, he's – like, Satellite is – yeah, I mean it's it's hard to argue at this point. The guy is perfect at everything. The Russian he's tank, so he's good. amazing. So I mean, and like, he's beaten him too. He he thrown him before. Like he beat him in seventeen, bro. He yeah. beat him in seventeen. I, I agree. I think Kyle Snyder definitely should be put up there. I know he hasn't won a gold in a while, but it's like, yeah, you're. Yes, behind. he did. He won last year. Oh wait, yeah, he got the yes, 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 a I'm not hating. I'm just saying he did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To some degree, though, I feel like if you were to ask him, he'd be like, it probably doesn't feel the same. Like, I love oh, it. Oh, for like sure. The guy like Matter, just knowing competitively and how, like, a wrestler, a true competitive athlete would think. Absolutely. Like, yeah, he'd be like, yeah, I know that I won, but it's like, you know, that the guy that I want is the one that's beating me. Well, like, if you watched him after he won, he was like, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lastly, I could be just... Gosh, JB Johnson tells me there. Hmm. Isn't Bruce Baumgartner pretty darn good? Doesn't he have like a ridiculous amount of world medals? He's got seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got in he's freestyle, got a good right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably tough not to put him up there too. No, for sure. For I would. Sure. The thing that the thing that's crazy is I would want to put Gable in there. He's just so young, and I think he's already done competing wrestling. Yeah. But that's like a guy that's, if I would really be honest, that's so incredible. And we keep he's him. the best wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's unbelievable. He's, awesome. he's great. And he's a great guy. I've talked to him a couple of times and he's always been nothing but extremely, extremely respectful. Oh, great. he's great. Like, he's a he wonderful champ. Yeah. Why, is, why does he got to, you know, talk to, you know, everyone? And it's like, I get on the elevator at the open and I was like, hey, he's like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, oh, hey, Gable, how you been? Dude, how does it feel good to be back? I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. He's a sweetheart. No, he's yeah. great. He's great. So, no, no, Dan Gable, huh? Oh man, I, I mean, he's awesome. He's great. I mean, I just don't think he has, you know, seven yeah. Olympic. It's tough. I mean, like I said, modern era, it's going to be a little bit harder for me to. Also, I just don't know. I feel like the level of and not discrediting any of that because like unbelievable, no. but like I just feel like, and I mean, I'm leaving out Dave Schultz too. Man, that's tough. But I mean, like, I just feel like the level of wrestling in terms of like evolution over time, things are going to always get better. It's like you look at any sport, it's like. Yeah, there's a reason. Know. There's a reason that they don't wear leather helmets anymore, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, you it's look at the NBA, thing. like the players, it's like, I mean, I still think MJ the GOAT, but like you look at the level of play now, it's like Curry passed up the three point a while ago and he's still got tons of time to go. Yeah, not even no, that a basketball fan, but like, it's just obvious to see like the evolution of all sports over time. All right, we got to get out of here. We got another uh, interview to do here in a second, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, thanks for having me. It's been a little while since I've done one. It feels good to talk about some wrestling. I've been yeah. uh, just on the golf course and then in the room grinding, but it's refreshing. I love it. Okay, hey, how do people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you? Uh Instagram, phone number, email. Okay. That's really it. Sounds good, brother. All right. Thank you very much, brother. I'll talk to you soon.
yeah thank you guys for having me have a good one hey brother